When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Bruce Perry is on the line with us this morning, um, racing and bloodstock manager and does a hell of a job identifying these horses. Cruise Missile and Andalus are the ones I'm talking about. Bruce, good morning to you. Thanks for taking our call. Morning, Bruce. Hey, um, it might be wide in the market, but it's still no mean feat to get two horses into a derby, and, and you would know that. Is it is it something that you guys and, and Lib do cherish, having runners representing in a derby? Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, it's probably the flagship race of New Zealand racing. Um, you know, this year it's a, a wonderful field, uh, obviously. Oh, might have just lost Bruce there. He might just be cutting in and out. Joe, we'll just get you to fix up that line. Um, it is, it's not an easy feat to do, Mick. It's, yeah, there's a lot of horses in it, but it takes a lot to get a derby runner, doesn't it? Well, remarkably, um, Bruce and Lib have bought a lot of Savabils, and the Savabils they've bought, their record is nothing short of staggering. We're going to try and get Bruce back here, but um, when you do rejoin us, Bruce, if you can hear us, I, I think you've had about 10 black-type Savabil performers, or was that number growing since we last spoke? Obviously, Cruise Missile uh, is by Savabil. He's a stallion you've had a remarkable amount of success with. Yeah, morning, Mick. Can you hear me now? Sure can, brother. Got you, mate. Yep. No, yeah, good. Hey, no, we have. I think it's probably, I think it's actually north of 10, uh, counting the Colts and Gildings. But, no, he's been wonderful, wonderful for Lib. Um, wonderful for me personally as well. So, no, it's great. And hopefully today we might get a little bit more black type somehow. Bruce, for those who don't know, Lib obviously lives uh, in the Wellington region and he's a, he's a guy who's done very well in business. He's a person who, who doesn't, carry on and he's not a flamboyant person when it comes to his expenditure in the the industry but uh, he's a hell of a big player Bruce he's now got Elsdon Park um, up there uh, in the north and selling yearlings buying horses he buys in Sydney he breeds a lot of horses how many horses I'm not sure if you're allowed to tell us this but how many horses would Lib have good size shares in or just own outright or do you not even know the answer to that um, look, there's probably getting up close to 45, 50 broodmares that he owns outright or got shares in. Um, race, the racing team at the moment's probably somewhere between 20 and 30-odd. Um, some of those, or well, a number of them outright, most of them, uh, but also a number of them uh, got shares in as well. And it's actually probably a little bit more of that with, um, with some of the small partnerships that we're involved in. Um and then you've got your yearlings coming up, handful of yearlings that sort of been retained um, that you know didn't get to the sales for whatever reason. So, no, it's a, it's a good-sized number. I've been lucky enough to spend a bit of time with Lib in the last couple of years, and he's a, a true gentleman and a very likeable person. But who stays in, on top of all this? For example, say you have three trialling and you've got a couple having a bit of a prep going somewhere and trainers reporting. Do you 
ring Lib and say, this is what we've got going? Or is he more hands-on? Does he ring the traders? Because when you've got that sort of numbers and mayors folding down and making decisions on who's going to go where, it sounds like a full-time job. Um, Libs, to be fair, Libs, I mean, as you say, you know Lib pretty well. He doesn't miss much. He's he's on top of most things. Um, I probably have more direct contact with perhaps the, the trainers and the breakers and that type of thing. But now that we've got Kerry, uh, Kerry Cox uh, running Elston Park for him, um, you know, she's doing a wonderful job and she's got a you know, great team around her. So... It's, you know, the workload's certainly been spread now and uh, you know, making use of everyone's strengths, which is great. Bruce, people that know you know that you're an excellent judge and you've got a fantastic reputation. For our uh, listeners and for myself, can you just give us your 101 of when you look at a yearling and, and you think Derby, what is it about a horse or a, an, an immature, a juvenile horse that screams Derby because there's obviously lots of different distances and, and some you just go, well, there's no chance and you wouldn't even buy it with that sort of um, idea in mind. But today, Cruise Missile and uh, Andalus find themselves in those colours, as I said. What was it and what did you identify that said, you know, three-year-old stayer? Uh, Cruise Missile, he was he was quite a leggy horse. Um, on breeding, you Probably wouldn't pick him on the dam side. He's out of a Centaine mare, out of a Zephyr Bay mare, I think. Um, so probably not exactly the ideal sort of bloodlines to win a derby, but he's got such, you know, at the yelling sales, he, he had a lovely temperament, so he knew that he was going to be a relaxed horse. He was always, always going to take time. Uh, Andalus, he was probably perhaps just more as a guineas horse, um, but... Once again, he was pretty relaxed. He was actually too relaxed, so he had to be gilded. Uh, try and switch him on. He had so much ability. Um, but again, both horses are very good moving horses. Um, they're athletic. They're, you know, good heads on them, good eyes, and you know, they just they look genuine horses. So hopefully, hopefully, we've got the recipe right for today. Bruce, I, I asked you a couple of years ago, I said, um, what do you look for in a horse? And I, I know there's lots of things you look for. Obviously, you want them to be correct and you want them, as you said, to have a good temperament. But I'm not going to tell you what you said to me, but I want to see if it's the, still the thing that resonates and runs true with you the most. I said, what do you look for in a horse? So if I tried to say that to you and sum it up in one thing, what's the one thing you look for in a horse? Uh, probably movement. I think at the end of the day, but also presence. You've got a good horses for whatever reason. They just seem to, they do have a presence about them. They have a great eye, great head, um, you know, great nostril. They, yeah, just that genuineness about them. Well, Louis, I'll tell you what, what Bruce said to me at the sales. I said, uh, I said, what, so we sat there and he said, oh, oh, I thought this will be good. He's going to say something wise here. He said, they've got to look fast. <laughs> and and but, but, but you know what? It stuck with me more than anything I've been told. I don't understand the legs and that of them as much as these guys do. But if they don't look fast, they're probably not going to be fast. And is that something you see when you talk about movement, Bruce? Because I suppose if they're that clunky sort of individual, if they don't really look fast, they don't tend to turn out to be fast. No, it's probably no different than humans or anyone, really. I mean, it's... You look for an athlete, and they do have to look fast. And to be fair, some horses just well, 
I suppose a lot of horses don't look fast. They may end up being very good horses, but uh, um, you know you're paying you're playing a risk game then, and you're probably odds of picking a good horse are going to uh, diminish if you you know well they do for me if I buy that type of horse. I just try and buy an athlete something that you envisage is going to look good in the parade ring and run accordingly. One of the absolute races of the day, either here or in Australia, is the vertical logistics move faster stakes, I believe. I think this is a ripper, and I think there's plenty of form lines you can try and match up here. And yes, Maven Bell deserves to be the favourite because she's competed against the older horses and competed well, but there are probably five or six you can make a case for. And Luella Christina is two from two, and she is beautiful and beautifully bred. Tell us about this filly and what ambitions you and Lib might have for her. Um, she's well. We're, we're hoping she's going to be a black type filly. Uh, whether today's the day, I'm not sure. She, unfortunately, she's drawn 13 out of 13 against some very smart horses, so you know that's a pretty big hurdle. But one thing we do know with her is she's got a massive heart and she's tough. Her mother was tough. This this one's tough too. Hey Bruce, and- I, I just thought about something there, which I've never thought to ask you. Um, she's obviously worth a stack of money. Like she's she's yep. obviously out of a great mare. When you have this many horses, do you insure them all? Because I mean, I'm, I'm hoping nothing bad ever happens to her. I hope she lives till she's thirty. But when you have that many horses, it must be hard to do. Do you insure some of them? Do you not insure other ones of them? Probably um, early on, we probably insure the ones that are replaceable. So you know, I, I take it she's one of those. She is one of those. Yep. So you know you can't. If something was unfortunately happened to her, um, you know you just can't go out and replace them. So you know we we don't insure them for their full amount, or Lib doesn't. Um, but he, you know, you'll put a number on it that allows allows them perhaps to go and buy another nice uh, filly for say three or four hundred thousand um, dollars from a pedigree alike that you know hopefully one day will be a worthy replacement. Uh, but we certainly don't uh, ensure the majority of the horses at all. It's a good question, Mick. It's a very good question. All right, Bruce, we'll let you crack on with your morning. Really appreciate cool. you joining us this morning. Um, just, uh, just, just one question for, One question for you, Bruce. How do you watch a derby? Do you go to the track? Do you watch it at home? I mean, you're a pro. You've done this for a long time. Do you get excited? Do you jump up and down? What, what's the Bruce Perry watching a derby scenario? Uh, today, Anna and I, we're going to we'll be at Tarapa. Uh, I was at Melbourne earlier this week, so um, I sort of finished up my jobs here at the Yelling Sale so I could get back to watch it. I happened to be there when Crown Prosecutor won the derby at 100 to 1, and I wasn't going to miss that opportunity again. And so today, while they're both long odds, he's won over the 100 to 1, and these are about half that, so I suppose they've got to be twice, twice as good a chance. So I'll be <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. I absolutely love that philosophy, Bruce. Thanks so much for joining us, mate. All the best. Go enjoy it. Hey, all the best today. Have a good day. Cheers. There you go, Bruce Perry. Uh, he is a fantastic judge and a good character in racing. I uh, love racing. Dotting You're home for thoroughbred racing. Uh, enormously respected. Reviews, please. Enormously reviews. respected, Louis. When you go around the sales circuit, enormously respected is Bruce. Um, you know, by people who know what they're talking about.